Welcome to Job Tales, the show where we find out about different professions from the people who know. Each week I speak to a new guest with a very interesting job. You'll hear about their personal paths to doing what they do, the skills required, a couple of advices and the tools they use for the job. I'm Laura Leoncini and today my guest is Yannick Ar, political consultant based in Berlin. Having recently joined the job market, Yannick will explain his path from his early academic choices, his initial path to become a teacher, and how he switched to political consulting and specifically renewable energy sources. Yannick Haar, when I first saw your um, LinkedIn profile, I was uh, intrigued by your about your very specific title, political consultant for renewable energy sources. And I said, ah, I want to interview this guy. <laughs> And thank you for accepting. So my first question to you is, uh, did you want to become a political consultant from the beginning? No, no, really not, really. When I started studying, I wanted to become a teacher. So oh. when I studied in, in Germany originally, in Freiburg, I studied history and English literature and linguistics. And um, it was in Germany, it's a very yeah, straightforward program to study to become a teacher. And so for the, for the longest time of my studies, I uh, never thought about going into politics or into um, consulting. And, and that just was something that I figured out or I, I, I turned to, let's say, three, like three thirds through my uh, studies. And even then, it was not something where I decided I want to do political, uh, political consulting, but I, I just wanted to study politics and international relations and just kind of wanted to see where, it's, where it would go from there. What was the trigger to get into politics and you know, political science? I think most of it was really actually working as a teacher for some time. Mm. So I, I applied for a German school abroad in, in Rio de Janeiro and, and worked there for half a year, about half a year. Mm. And when I worked there, I, I, I started noticing that I really liked the job. But at the same time, I started being nervous about, about just knowing this is going to be my job for the next, you know, 40 years or so. Okay. And well, I, I'm curious to know, like, what in particular was giving you these kind of um, red flags? Well, you know, you would assume you know that before, but when you actually start working and teach history, you, you notice that there's not going to be so much change in the next, um, let's say, five, 10 or 20 years about what you have to tell the students, you know. Mm. And um, at the same time, I, I noticed that I was always interested in politics, I uh, was always interested in international politics. But when I made the decision to actually study, I always felt like, okay, our nowadays politics or international system, international politics itself, is very much set in place, you know. There's not much movement, not much development, not much to change. At least that was my perception when I started studying in, in 2012. And then just throughout the next years, as, as we were all, I guess, following international politics, we noticed that there's actually a lot changing. In 2014, I think was very concerning for me, or was very, what, what very much impacted that was the annexation of Crimea, and noticing how the discourse about the relations to Russia changed, but also the topics on China, on Chinese industries, on Chinese geopolitics. You could notice over the years how the, the discourse changed. And at some point I noticed in, in 2016, 17, right around the time when I was um, working in Rio, that there's actually much going on in international politics. And I was wondering if it's 
if it's not too late to to kind of switch lanes and go into uh, that path, then it was actually really a misunderstanding with a with another student who told me about his plans of studying international relations after his bachelor's in history and uh, and yes, I understood international relations, and I just later figured out after I already started the master's that he actually meant uh, history of international relations. And, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I was telling him, I met him and told him, thank you so much for giving me that advice back then. Uh, I also started studying international relations. And he said, what, what do you mean? I, I study history of international relations. And that was kind <laughs> of a funny way of how my, uh, my path turned out to be with a misunderstanding. <laughs> so you finished your, let's say, graduate degree to in order to teach and then you did uh, those six months of uh, teaching in Rio and then you decided to go back to school and it's the graduate institute in uh, Geneva it was more like the the six seven months I was working in Rio it was something that I could do I could apply there and later on it would be accounted as as an internship which was obligatory which was mandatory for my studies so um, I could go there and work as a local teacher and I just had to do that for seven months to to come back and then it would be accounted as a mandatory internship for the studies. But yeah, in, in general, after that, I've actually finished studying um, to become a teacher mm -hmm. just to always have the option to maybe turn back at some point to that um, to that field. And then it was also the advice of another, of a friend of a friend who actually suggested me, hey, you want to study international relations? How about you study at the Graduate Institute? And, uh, and then, yeah, I, I tried it and I, I applied and so I actually have, um, I finished my Staatsexam in Germany, which is, mm -hmm. in Germany, it's equivalent to a bachelor's and a master's degree, but for all the jobs that you do in extension for the, for the government. But okay. after that, uh, I did another degree then, and then I did the international relations and political science degree at uh, the Graduate Institute in Geneva. Okay. And that's a, a one-year study? That was or a two-year two, program, two year study. actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And most of it was in, in Geneva and then... Well, let's say for the first half was in Geneva, and then for the third semester, uh, we had we were able to make a decision if we do um, a semester abroad. Mm -hmm. And this is how I actually ended up in Berlin then, after all, because I did the exchange semester with the Hertie School of uh, Governance here in Berlin. And for mm -hmm. the fourth semester, as I didn't have any courses left, just decided to stay in Berlin and see where it's going from here. Wow, so that's uh, quite a bit of studying and quite a bit of... Uh deciding you know what to do in life and um compared to the average uh, people that i interview you're closer to the my listeners than others because you just started your career can you tell me a bit in detail what did you do after you finished your studies at the graduate and how did you end up getting your first job well let's say ending up at the job kind of started before finishing my my master degree so when I went to Geneva for the third semester, uh, sorry, to Berlin for the third semester, I noticed after after some time that I actually really liked the city and I liked the uh, the job opportunities that were here. And um, the Hertie School had a really good uh, network as well here for uh, for getting started. And so they had job fairs here and and so on and so forth. They had a platform where companies in the political sector in Berlin were able to uh, to do job postings and so as work it was a very very easy way of entering a certain certain industry through um, a working student job mm, okay and a lot of people did that here in, in Berlin uh, much much more than 
than my colleagues in Geneva. It's a very, it was a very helpful way of, of entering somewhere with a low threshold. So there are not, you know, there are not a lot of expectations. Uh, you can normally, no working student job requires you to, to have one or two years of job experience, but it's right. a way of actually gaining that job experience before you start into uh, a certain job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was for me the, the chicken and the egg thing was, you know, even like 20 years, 25 years when I started looking for jobs. It's um, always they would look for uh, someone who had experience, but also someone they could forge. So not too much, but then not, not too little. And then all the academic degrees as well. So you got to be kind of like a super superman or superhero <laughs> yeah and to start and, a job and i feel like that's that's one of the biggest problems also for yeah for for political consultancy or for all the or for a lot of jobs that actually are in the political sector as well so how do you get that job experience when everybody mm -hmm. you want to apply to ask for job experience so so for me always working as a working student was the only solution i actually saw to get some of the experience and then be able to apply somewhere And so for me, when I finished the third semester, I, I had to think about if I actually want to go back to Geneva or just stay here for the fourth semester, write my master thesis here in Berlin and maybe start working on the site so I already have a foot in the door. And so I checked on the, on the platform of the of Hertie School here in Berlin mm -hmm. and there was a job offer actually just in, I think that was back in, in February or March 2021. So there was a job offer where the consultancy looked for a working student in political consulting for a project by the German uh, government and for another project. So supporting two projects, one project for the German government and the other one for the EU commission. And I had absolutely no idea actually about energy policy. So my, mm -hmm. my focus was on international investment law and on uh, actually more on, on theory concepts like regime complexes, but not really hands-on on, on energy. And I also didn't take an energy course before in, in my master's. But what helped me was, of course, that uh, it was there was some German required for the German government project and regulatory analysis, which was something I also focused on, in, especially here in Berlin. And so when I actually applied for the position, I, I asked them, it's already very late, um, it's past the deadline, but can I still send them my application papers? And they were like, they said, yeah, of course, we, we will consider it. And um, let's say two weeks later, uh, I got an invitation to get to know them, to come to the office and um, eventually got the job. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations. So that was, uh, who was your, the one who hired you? I mean, the, the, as well as a, like a German uh, institute? It was a small consultancy called Eclarion. Okay. And it was actually a consultancy that did not only political consultancy, but also business consultancy, business promotion. So one of the three departments was actually focused on, on, on policy. And when they hired me, it was pretty much, yeah, like joining and then not having much of an onboarding time because the, the projects were imminent or where, where come the deadlines were coming soon and so mm. it was a small consultancy where yeah a few um, senior project managers were working but in my uh, in, in, in my team in the political consultancy department it was basically only four senior project managers and the company was structured in a way where you had the project managers sitting in Berlin and then you had 
12 to 16 analysts sitting in the European countries because one of the uh, features, one of the one of the, the the benefits of the consultancy was that that they were covering every European or every language of the EU. So for studies and for reports of uh, for the EU Commission on the barriers for renewable energies or for the, uh, the deployment of renewable energies, they had the expertise of actually being able to cover every EU country and and do national reports on that. And as they needed someone for Germany in that situation, I was probably the one that kind of I guess fit best for the job description, even though I didn't, uh, I wasn't into energy policy before. But of course, after after a very short time, you can you can yeah get to know every field and can work yourself into the the, the topics. Right, these are things that you can uh, yeah you can learn on the field and or by doing the job, right? Right. I mean, of course, in the beginning it was uh, it was quite a lot, and uh, it was yeah. definitely more than the say i think 15 hours a week that i agree to but uh, i think that's for to some degree that's normal if it's limited you know time wise if it's just for a few weeks yeah and for me the advantage was that i didn't have any courses for studies so yeah. i only had my master thesis to write and uh, that was basically some some time where uh, i was able to read into former documents into former reports that the the company did and at the same time, you know, I was not alone. So there were the project managers and also the team of analysts from the different from different countries where I could read into their reports and then yeah, be able to to write my first report after um, one or two weeks. Or I think I I had to submit my first report after two months. Yeah. And then the project manager who was doing the quality management was uh reading through it and gave me gave me a lot of let's say comments in on the document on what to improve and on where <laughs> to yeah where to 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 be more specific about the specific paragraph about the specific law that I was referring to and or for for at another point more specific about how I think this mechanism here and and this paragraph is uh is compatible or not so mm. they were, of course, there was a lot of the, the first report. There was a there was a document full of comments of where I had to work on for another month at least to 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 get more detailed. But I think that was actually really the the best training for me, and um, I was very thankful also for to the project managers who, even though they had the the deadline from the client, were very patient with me and uh, and gave me the time, the time needed, yeah. yeah, to get into the topic. Now that you've been, you know, a year in the job, well, at least in, in your position, because you told me you just changed um, job, but how do you define then political consultant? Yeah, I don't think there's um, there's one definition for that. I think uh, pretty much everyone can call themselves a political consultant probably, um, and, and uh, <laughs> there's no, no one complaining really. So I think what... Uh, at least what I did, and that is a you know already like a very niche thing to do, is that you basically consult mostly institutions or public institutions or governance bodies on the current state of a certain let's say sector or on a certain topic, not even on a sector, but just on a certain question that they ask for um, the report. And then you start your research and you start your analysis and uh, you have a few months 
time to conduct interviews, to do desk research, to um, yeah, be in, in touch with uh, the representatives of different industries. When it gets political, when you say political, you know, I immediately think of the government, you know, the people that are governing a country or, or the EU, for example. Is there always a link to a political topic? Like now you, you're getting into energy. Is there always a link to, to that? In a certain way, yeah, of course. Sometimes it's through just our government body being the client. And so they want to be advised on the current policies. Mm. And other times... It's maybe a private client or it's a, it's, a, it's a company that wants to be advised on the regulatory features of a certain market. I see. Um, so mm. I think what, what kind of ties it together is really the, a lot of it is, it is really the focus on uh, regulatory uh, aspects of okay. markets or of certain topics. So you see how that is uh, compatible or with, with other regulatory features. And also you, you give uh, best practice advices, of course, for, uh, for government bodies. So when they ask a question, they normally want to know what's the current state of a certain industry, let's say, in my case, renewable uh, energies. And the question was normally, the, the basic question was always, what is slowing down the deployment of renewable energies when it comes to, let's say, onshore wind power? Hmm. And so then the work is political in the sense that you look at how the current regulatory framework is actually slowing down the, the deployment of onshore wind power. And then you talk to representatives of the industry and you, you, you do some desk research yourself. You, you, you get yourself worked up in the, into the topic and then you do a so-called barrier analysis in, in my case. So you check on non-financial barriers like uh, issues mm -hmm. with site selection when it comes to project developers wanting to assess if they can put a wind power park somewhere. It is something where, where there are a lot of barriers actually throughout the whole authorization process. And so you analyze these barriers. Uh, those, some of them are really regulatory barriers. And then you, you offer some advice, maybe looking to another country in Europe with a similar system on how to, uh, how to solve that problem and how to accelerate the deployment of renewable energies when it comes to, let's say, uh, site selection or when it comes to the permitting processes for, for wind power. Mm -hmm. And so you always have that feature of analyzing a barrier in my specific case and then giving a best practice how it was solved maybe in another country in Europe. Is there a lot of interaction with um, people in your job? Like from what I can hear is there's a lot of research involved, a lot of writing. Is there interaction with, you know, companies or representatives of uh, governments or, you know, to get, do you do like interviews, for example, for your researches? Yeah, kind of, it of course, really depends on, on what role you take, you have in a project. So, mm -hmm. As a working student, I had uh, I had way more. I was more in touch with uh, representatives of a certain uh, of a certain industry. Mostly, it was representatives of associations. As in most countries, they are really the the political representatives of um, a whole sector. Many companies don't really have an own government affairs team, really, and so they they join certain associations. And these associations are the political representation of uh, a whole group of, of uh, companies 
in a certain sector. And so in, in these cases or in these, uh, for these projects, you, are, you talk a lot to, to representatives from associations. But also for, I also talk to people from certain ministries or from, let's say, not so much from companies actually, although that also happens. It always depends a bit on the project. And as a project manager later, you uh, actually are not so much in touch anymore with, let's say, with these representatives or with the, the people that, uh, where you get the information, where a lot, a lot from the, of the information from. But then it's way more working with project partners together because basically almost every consultancy uh, is never working alone on, on a project, but it's in a consortium with other consultancies with different uh, collaboration yeah yeah with different fo focuses yeah i'm thinking for from what you can tell you know from your you know short experience but intense uh, what are the skills that you need to have like what what is it that you really need to like in order to fulfill your job i think one of the most important things or what helped me the most was really that i was always really interested into learning something new so for me I think it is very important to not panic if um, mm -hmm. there is something that you haven't learned yet and uh, and you have so and so much time to to read yourself or into the topic, you know. And um, and I think I've I've had uh, colleagues or other working students that uh, were struggling way more with that, and um, and I, th I feel like that is something you just have to try it out if you. If you don't give it a chance and if you if you say, okay, I can't go into that field, into that sector because I don't know enough about it, I think that's, um, then you never started working, then you never tried, you know. So I, I feel mm -hmm. like for me, it was very much a thing of, I want to try this out. I want to try how working into the energy sector works and feels. So so the being able to, or being open to, to learn something new and then being able to really to, to learn a lot in a short time or to to study a certain topic i think that's one of the things that that helps probably the most and then it's something where you where i, I feel like a lot of that is taught really in for at least for me in my master's degrees or my two master's degrees where i uh, had to just understand how to systematically learn a topic and uh, how to structure knowledge for myself yeah and then to 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 be based on that to start thinking about a, a topic and creating something on it, Do you, if, you, hmm. if you know what I mean. Would you like to specialize in energy now that you got into it? Mm, so for now, I think for the next years, I, I mean, I just signed a new contract. Uh, so, <laughs> okay, um, in energy. <laughs> in energy as well. And I, right. so now for the next years, I think it's a very interesting field and it's a field where where there's a lot to do, especially in political um, uh, consulting or especially mm. basically in the political sector because renewable energy is something that is really... It's um, a key, yeah. yeah. Is a key on the one hand. And on the other hand, and that's the, the interesting thing about it, like digitalization, it is something where the political frame or the, let's say the regulatory frame is very much in flux at the moment. So for everybody who's interested in, in political consultancy, and into regulatory analysis uh, in, in particular, I feel like renewable energy policy is really a good go-to place. And I know a lot of uh, colleagues that also started into that uh, field just because you know for the next, let's say, five to 10, maybe 15 years, there's still so much in flux that you uh, are able to, to have an impact on it and be able to 
be part of that process of setting in a regulatory frame that will then be probably more or less steady for the decades to come on how uh, renewable energies are governed. And I feel like that's very, very exciting. At least for me, it was very exciting. It's very exciting to be a part of. And I wish you all the best for your brand new job. And uh, yeah, I will follow your LinkedIn profile and see where, where you are in five years' time. That was Yannick Haar, political consultant in Berlin. I invite you to write me a comment or a rating on your favorite podcast player. It will help me improve my next episodes. You can also write me directly at jobtalespodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for next week's podcast episode. Bye-bye.